have said I'm Solomon Muli, Itema, uh, dad to Caleb Muli, you know him, and Titus Muli. Where is Titus? Somewhere. Can you raise your hand? Titus is in teens. Oh, Titus is not yet here. I'm running too fast. So today we will be talking about uh, authors. And when I look at my time, I think it's around, by the time now, let me see. So 11.30, so I believe, God, that will go move very well. Let's pray. Dear everlasting Father, we want to thank you for your loving kindness. May your Holy Spirit come down, minister to each one of us. May your word come to us in a special way. May you break down altars, divinations, and systems against our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been talking about the 14th of, uh, 14th of this month, talked about extending forgiveness, story of Joseph and his brothers. 21st, you talked about resolving conflicts, the story of Abraham and Lot. We'll be talking about establishing God's order in family and we'll be looking at the story of Gideon in the book of Judges, chapter 6. But I want to start a bit earlier. I want to read, before I go to read about Judges, where I want we read some passages, I want us to look at Deuteronomy 1, verse 16 and 17. And I will read. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and these people will rise and play the allot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Verse 17. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, I have not, they will say, have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. We are talking of a family of the people of God, just like the way we are a family. And we are talking about the children of Israel, even when we are talking about Gideon. I want to take you a bit uh, in the background and put this thing in context. So, why are we talking about families and altars? In divine order of creation, families are the production factories of the society. So, whatever we produce in our homes, that is what the society becomes. 
Therefore, the family and the altars are very key and important. So exactly what is an altar? When we are talking of an altar, the narrow it down to the lowest, we can talk of a Bible study. But an altar is more than that. Those who have families at home, they can have Bible studies if your family is composed of people, men and women, who fear the Lord. But if you do not have such, you are the only Christian in your family. The cell groups, Meetings, those are the fellowship meetings you have, they become your altars. But what we'll be talking today, we'll be talking of a physical altar, and all altars, even the physical ones, are first of all manifested and established in the spiritual world. And it is also important for each one of you and myself to know all altars demand So what am I saying? They could be good or godly altars, and we have the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even before then, animals used to be slaughtered on the altars. They could be very bad altars, like the one we'll be talking about today, and godly, and they have a way of claiming blood. Brothers and sisters, Second Chronicles 7.14, we know what it says, if my people who are called after my name call upon me, God always hears. So, the book of Judges, which we will be reading from, uh, gives us what happened between the time of Joshua, the death of Joshua, and the coming of the kings. That is Saul, King Saul, King David, and all that. Samuel, who anointed Saul and also anointed David, was the last judge to the people of Israel. After the people of Israel... They got into the promised land. What we have read in the book of Deuteronomy, God was warning Moses, telling him, for you, you'll die. you rest with your fathers. But these people, when they get to that land, they'll depart from my ways. They will adopt ways and gods which are not in line with my commands. And the account we'll be reading today captures exactly that. It was one of the moments when the people of God had drifted. I want to read Judges 21, verse 25. It says this, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That was the state 
in Canaan, the promised land. These people, people of God, they had gotten into this land. They had done the conquest, but they had not conquered every city. If you read the word of God, even Jerusalem, it is David who came and conquered it from the Jebusites, and it became the city of David. But here we are looking at a people who are living among the Canaanites and who have adopted the way of Canaanites by way of practicing syncretism. That means they practiced their worship, adopted other foreign ways of uh, foreign religions, but they never changed their way of life or their way of worship. So they were struggling with retaining the areas they had conquered during the time of Joshua. Since the Israelites did not drive all the inhabitants of Canaan due to resistance that you read in Judges 1, 27 to 36, they eventually settled on a policy of coexistence rather than conquest. They settled in Canaan, they blended their religion or their beliefs with others. They quickly learned from their Canaanite neighbors that success in farming depended on pleasing Baal, the local god. So what did they do? They took Baal for economic prosperity and they took, they retained Yahweh for the battle. And that was again the law of the Lord. This put Israel on the path line of God's wrath. On several occasions, God gave them over to their enemies, as he had told Moses. But graciously, because he's a gracious Lord, he delivered them whenever they cried to him. The account will be reading exactly depicts such. So I want us to read Judges 1, verse 11 to 27 as we go to the account. So, first of all, I'll read verse 1, then go to 11. Judges 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Media for seven years. Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebith tree which was in Ophrah, which belongs to Joash, the best right. Which, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my God, Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, 
did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned, his, turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Verse 17. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that is you who talk with me. Do not depart from this tree, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought them out to him under the terrible tree and presented them. The angel of the law of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abyssalites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of the seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. May the Lord bless his word. So in this account, in Judges 6, 
Gideon comes on his tent when Israel is under oppression from the Midianites for seven good years. And the Midianites used to come and destroy their crops. They had impoverished them to a point where they had even, like Gideon, he had to hide when he is threshing the wheat. The whole nation was under God's wrath because they had not obeyed the voice of the Lord. When you look at verse 10, instead of worshipping Yahweh, they worshipped other gods, chief among them, Baal. Now, what was the cry of the children of Israel and what was the Lord's message? Gideon is coming on his tent at such a backdrop when they have, the children of Israel have departed from the ways of the Lord. Verse 6, So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried to the Lord. The Lord sent an angel to Gideon while he was at home threshing, as we have seen. And Gideon complained to the angel, and he told him, he's simply asking, where is our God when we are going through this? When you read, there was sent a prophet who told them, you have departed from the ways of the Lord. But here we are now looking at Gideon and the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord delivered the message like this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? But look, Gideon, he knew he was the least in their family, and he knew he, their clan was the weakest in Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh. Gideon's encounter with the angel gave rise to an establishment of an altar in his father's home. We have seen there was a problem in this family. Just like the practice was in Israel, they had also established an altar for the Baal in the home of Joash, the father of Gideon. When Gideon delivered the sacrifice, we have read to the angel, that was an establishment of an altar in that family. Now there were two altars, one which was godly and one which was not godly. And the one which was ungodly had to go. So the angel came back at night. Okay? The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out his the, out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and leavened bread and the fire rose out of the rock and consumed that meat. That's how the establishment of that altar was done. So Gideon built an altar there for the Lord. But remember he was the least in that family. 
he was not the mighty man except the angel telling him, mighty man of war. But there, we have said there was a problem in that home. There was a family altar that belonged to Ba. With the altar of the Lord established, that one had to go. So the angel, this instruction he gave in verse 25, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. That wooden image was what we call the Asherah pole. The Asherah was the mother to Baal according to Canaanites. And the practice around Baal was, worship around Baal was promoting immorality because Baal was also having a wife called Anath. So this was like also the altar was set in the lines or after the patterns of a family. And the Lord wanted it destroyed. People cried to the Lord. The Lord descended. He said, there's a problem here. Before I take this brother to go and deliver my people, there's an altar which needs to be destroyed. And the Lord was working on how to destroy it. The result was the, after he destroyed it because he was afraid of the men of the city, there was an uproar. What are we saying? Believe you me, otters fight back. When Elijah destroyed the otters of Baal, he had to be on the run. Gideon also had to be defended by his father because the men of the city wanted also to deal with him. Every family, brothers and sisters, has a story okay, that describes their roots and beginning and religious orientations. The practice of syncretism is still with us. There are many who bring altars at our homes, but the Lord needs them destroyed. I'll give you personal testimony. I grew up in a family my grandfather was a traditional medicine man. My dad was a traditionalist. So the authors in our home did not speak for the blood of Jesus, but spoke against the blood of Jesus. The practices you see at homes, brothers and sisters, don't take them for granted. When you see your dad pouring out libations to unknown cause, Take that is a nota which is being strengthened in your home. My brother, my elder brother started fighting those altars in 1984. And I can tell you they fight back, they are not an easy call. Like this one, Gideon had to do it at night. My brother, the first step, he had to take it at night as well. He had to uh, pull down some things which were hanging in our compound. Some cords which were in the compound and he pulled them at night. Then he went to my dad in the morning and told him, here they are. What did you want us to do? That time he had even placed his hands on them and neutralized them. 
Then my dad just played it. He said, oh, now, he realized they were now powerless. Told him, can you go and just bury them somewhere? And we took a long time of, uh, a long time fighting those otters. We still fight them because they keep rearing their head. But because of that one step of a young man, he was a teenager, our family changed. We had the altar of the Lord in our home. And believe you me, in our home we speak a different story. We speak the blood of Jesus. My father took another 16 years after that moment to get saved. And I, I got saved. We also pulled other many things which we knew they were in that home and we burned them in his presence. And what we talk now, the language we speak at our home, everybody almost, now it's like the call is everywhere. Now we have four pastors in our home. There's another one who wants to go to Bible school. There's another one who is mentioning he also feels like he can also do the same because there's a different altar we speak in the blood of Jesus Christ. My brother and sister, you are the Gideon whom God has called to be make a difference in your home. God is counting on you. He is not counting on another one. It is you. It is you, brother and sister, to make that difference. You may feel like Gideon, you are the least. God is saying, you might man of valor. May the Lord strengthen you to tear down the altars which speak against the blood of Jesus so that we change the church of Christ. We change our families. You are here. God is saying, don't wait for somebody else to come. You have already come. Now go. As we come to conclude, maybe you are here and you are wondering, how do, does one enlist in this kingdom of God? The response to God's love is by all. If anyone is yet to follow Christ, he can do it right now. I want to read from Romans 10, verse 8 and 9. The word of God is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can we pray, brothers and sisters? Let's pray. Everlasting Father, we want to thank you for your loving kindness. We are your brothers and sisters, seated here under your cover, under your protection, under your presence. How, Lord, we pray for renewed strength to tear down the altars of the enemy and establish the altars of the kingdom of God. Like it was with Gideon, Lord, be with us. Send us right now. As we go even for Christmas, everlasting Father, may we do according to your will in our families. Lord, revive us once more. Empower us by your Holy Spirit, moving us in a mighty way, Lord. Refresh us right now. Lord, refill us, oh Lord, infill us once more. Give us the strength to stand against the enemy. 
And now we take power and authority against every divination, every plan of the enemy, every altar which speaks against our life and our families. And we tear them right down now in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, declaring fire of the Holocaust against the works of the enemy, declaring uprooting of those altars. We declare they have no foundations in our families because we belong to a higher kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. We are not going to be captives in the kingdom of the enemy because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free and we are free indeed. If you are here and you want to surrender your life to Christ, can you raise your hand? If you have never made that decision, can you raise your hand? Lord, we thank you because you are our God. May your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Be blessed, brothers and sisters. Oh, amen, amen. Thank you, Engineer Muli. Uh, how many are loving the topic for this month? Yeah, yeah. How many are relating like me? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a season where I'm dealing with a lot of families. It can be tough. So you guys know that it can be tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Anyway, uh, if you need prayers, though, uh, you know, concerning family and stuff, and we just, we want you to go home free. Cindy, and heal of hearts. Sawa, sawa. I, I personally uh, had so many anger issues because uh, of my family. So I was, I, was, I was angry at my siblings, I was angry at my parents, I was angry at everyone, everyone concerning family. Cindy, and uh, it took an intervention. It took like five Five, five, five elderly people in Kalisha Chini. Na ilikuwa vita. I wish we check kwa meeting. And me was telling them, ah, no, me don't care. I ni ase wa ishie. Ase ni unfair, maze. And, and, uh, hey, we took like, like, like two hours. Two hours when Yambie came. Check, you need to release and you need to stop being angry at these people. You know, at the same time, I didn't know that also we do not wrestle against our flesh and blood. But there are just some two fishy, fishy things that are going on that I, I, I just wonder. To me, to my family, I am the Gideon that I am rising. <laughs> and to you, you can also be the Gideon. True or false? You can be that person who's rising to intercede for your family. And so, uh, as you come to the end of the service and you want us to pray with you, uh, some leaders and or engineer, tutakuwa uh, pambele. Talk prayer. See Pastor Ishmael Pale Numa Pia. Sasa Pastor Ishmael. Yeah. We'll pray for you. Sindio. So that to, to, let be today the last day that you feel the same way. Sindio. Sende ka umeka sirikia So. So we thank you because uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Sindio. There's freedom. So kindly, uh, even as we rise up to our feet. Um. Yeah, so uh, remember that Tukitoka, you use the ramp on my right, but you use on your left. Oh no, on your right actually. Yeah, 
sour sour so that you do not mix with the next gen people but kindly kindly uh do not leave if you want us to pray for you sour sour you have a, you have an opportunity if today even if it's not family related but you just need us to pray with you like you're just saying that eh mazee manthi me kwatav amai wiki me kwatav but you just want that encouragement to push you during the week as we rise like Gideon see god is with us that statement i am with you sindio that statement i am with you if you look in the bible anywhere the bible say that i will be with you it was always against things that just looked crazy like it was always hard things go deliver israelites jinini i am with you every time god says i am with you it was an, it was something that you could not achieve on your own so 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 yeah may the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore amen yes yeah, so sisi tuko hapa feel free